Welcome to the Cheyenne Vineyard Podcast, bringing you a message of hope for your everyday world. If you'd like to contact us, contact us at info at CheyenneVineyard.com. You can also find out more information about the Cheyenne Vineyard Church at CheyenneVineyard.com. Thank you and enjoy today's podcast. It's great fun to worship with a bunch of worshipers. <laughs> and you guys are a bunch of worshipers. That's that's great. Mm. Um, <clears throat> you know how the president in January of every year he he gives a State of the Union address and. Years ago, I used to like to listen to those. (laughs) That was probably back when I still had some hope in politics. Now, all my hope is in the Lord. Uh, But I I felt like uh, what I was supposed to do tonight is give a State of the Vineyard address. And... uh, I, I do this with excitement and anticipation, especially tonight. Uh, the presence of the Lord uh, is so with us. And, oh, thank you, Lord. Ah, I, yeah, the Lord healed me. I did something really stupid <clears throat> Friday, or I guess it must have been Wednesday. I had some 40-pound bags of dog food in, in the truck, and I, I had to empty out the truck because we were going on a little trip, and uh, I, I grabbed one of them, and I thought, you know, those Vietnamese and people in Southeast Asia, they... They carry all this weight on their head. I wonder how that would work. <laughs> so I so I did both of them. <laughs> Not at the same time. <laughs> I wasn't that stupid. But uh anyway, then when we left, um yeah, that was Wednesday night, so a few hours later, I started to get this really bad headache, and I, I don't get headaches. And I tried to take a nap, but that didn't work. It, it just, it was bad. Uh, and I pretty much had it since then. Uh, Tylenol worked pretty well, but uh, I'd rather have the Lord's healing completely any day. So, uh, yeah, the the Lord is is really confirming to me that this is what what He's saying tonight, because uh, you know there there's nothing worse than having an elephant in the room, and nobody will acknowledge that there's an elephant, and and so. We, uh, as as the Cheyenne Vineyard, we we have uh, 
been through a period of pruning. And I don't know if you've ever seen grapevines or uh, apple trees that have been pruned. They don't look like that. They, they look like that. <laughs> and there's another one in there somewhere of uh, that with a, a pruned apple tree. It's probably near the very end. Uh, but, um, <clears throat> so, you know, when a, when a church goes through a period like this, there, there are all kinds of questions. You know, what, what's going on? Um, uh, why, why are all these people not here who used to be here? And why are they not here? Uh, are, are there problems that I, I should know about? Uh, is, is the church going in the wrong direction? These, these, these are all questions that, that people have. I mean, we, we all have, have asked some of these questions, I, I'm, I'm quite sure. Uh, and myself as the senior leader, you know, I, I really have to ask these questions. Uh, and went on an extended fast, seeking confirmation from the Lord and answers from the Lord of uh, not why questions, but, but Lord, what, what does this mean? What, what am I supposed to understand? And am I the problem? That's, that's a good question to ask the Lord. <laughs> I, <laughs> Hello, Lord. <laughs> Can you call me back? I'm a little busy. (laughs) Don't ever do that. (laughs) I hate it when people forget to turn their ringers off. (laughs) Especially when it's me. So I I feel like uh, I have some insight into what's going on. And so I want to share that. And uh, I think I may give you the conclusion and then the message and then the conclusion again. Um, So, uh, as far as direction of the church goes, um, as, as a leader in the body of Christ, I'm called to be a watchman. Over the last year, plus probably, I, I've given uh, a number of messages that people did not want to hear. Um, there's something called cognitive dissonance. When we hear something that we don't want to believe, we generally will not believe it. and Unless we really know that it's the Lord who's saying it. Uh, so I feel like I have fulfilled my responsibility as a watchman uh, warning all of you about what, what I see 
what I sense in, in my spirit is, is coming, and it's, it's a great shaking. Uh, I mean, I don't have to repeat the message. Uh, you've, you've heard it. Uh, and I don't know when that's going to happen. Uh, none of us do. Uh, but the word of the Lord says that it's going to happen. As we approach the end of days, everything that can be shaken will be shaken. Um, so I, I think that may be part of the answer. Uh, I mean, when hard messages are, are given, uh, there are other places people can go and maybe not hear those kind of messages. And so that, that could be part of the explanation. Um, are, are we off track? What, what is happening? Uh, this is what I sense from the Lord, that he, he does not want us to be what we were before. It's not that we were something bad before when we were back at 1506 Thomes Avenue. Uh, I, I think, I think we, we were not in a bad place, really. Um, <clears throat> I, I liked what we were. Uh, <laughs> or I would have gone to another church. I mean... Uh, I I don't know where God is taking us. And for leaders following God, that that is a common problem. That God seldom gives the whole picture <laughs> when he asks a, a person or a people to go. He, he just says, okay, let's, let's go. And my, my feeling, I, I mean, we look at Abraham, look at Moses leading the children of Israel, look at Isaiah, Jeremiah, particularly Jeremiah, Joel, uh, the life of Joseph. Uh, and he, he was being formed through great difficulty for a really long time. Uh, but man, he was able to hold on to the vision that, that the Lord really had something for him. And, and he, he stuck with it. So we, we have to not look at what has happened over the last year in, in the natural and with, with natural thinking and understanding. Uh, and the timing of all this related to our solemn assembly that we had a year ago on the Day of Atonement uh, it, and, and the warning that the Lord gave me uh, that it's not always rosy after the solemn assembly. <laughs> uh, and, and I shared that with all of you before. Man, 
uh, I, I didn't know what that would mean. Uh, but sure enough, uh, we, we entered into something. We, we entered into a process with the Lord. And so hear what I'm saying and hear what I am not saying. Okay? Because the Lord always works by invitation. I'm, I, I don't want to sow any seeds of exclusivity that, that we are the only ones on the right track or the only ones doing the right thing. But at least to the best of my knowledge, we're, we're the only body that heard that invitation from God and said yes and entered into this specific process. He relates differently to each one of us as individuals. He relates differently to each individual fellowship differently because everyone has a unique calling. So I'm not saying that we're right and everybody else is wrong. That's, that's, not, that's not it. But we're in this process and we, we don't want to jump out of the process. When, whenever we're in a process of God, He has good that will come out of that process if we stay in it with Him. And that, I mean, that's just the way He works always. But if you short circuit the process and you, you avoid it, then the, you leave a blessing on the table. So, so for us, uh, we're, we're in this process. Uh, you, you saw the pictures of the pruned grapevine and the, the pruned apple tree. And, I mean, look around, okay? That, that's what we see right here. I mean... <laughs> this this is this is where we are this is who we are right now uh, but this this is not the end okay <laughs> this <laughs> this is part way through the process yes <laughs> and and that i i'm so encouraged at the way we entered into worship tonight and the presence of the Lord that is with us tonight, I mean, he, he is saying, keep going, keep going. <laughs> I'm in this. I, I haven't left you. <laughs> there is blessing coming. And what that is, I, I wish I knew. I, I wish I could tell you. But I do know that it's coming. Because this one passage really gives, gives us some insight in, into this. And it's John 15, 1 through 5. Jesus is speaking. And he says, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. 
Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the true vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Okay, again, I have to tell you what I'm saying and what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that everybody who's still here is, is right and everybody who has, has left is, is a branch that doesn't bear fruit. That, that's not what I'm saying. There, there are certain people who are called to be parts of a fellowship at different times. And I, I, I've seen this over the eight years. We just had our eighth anniversary as, as the Cheyenne Vineyard. Uh, the end of September, September 30th, was, was our eighth anniversary. So we, we have entered into our ninth year now. And I've seen people come in the very beginning who a lot of church planters call scaffolding people <laughs> to kind of help hold things together in the beginning. And, and then, then you get uh, a different wave of people who help you through another part of the process. And, and so <clears throat> I'm, I'm not saying that we're, we're the branches who are going to bear all the fruit and everybody else is not going to bear any fruit. That's not at all what I'm saying, so don't, don't hear that. Uh, but the Lord, like, like I was saying earlier, he relates to us uniquely as individuals. He relates to us uniquely as individual church fellowships. And, and so he has been pruning this fellowship. Uh, and from, from this passage, uh, I look back at, at what we were that, that most of us liked, or we wouldn't have been here then, <laughs> so we wouldn't be here now either. Uh, I think we were bearing some fruit. The Lord has pruned. There are more fruitful days ahead. John chapter 15. That we need to hold on to. So, I was maybe going to share what you sent me, but I'm not sure. Still, okay. Um, there, there were a couple verses that jumped out at me in Proverbs 17 this week the pru the crucible is for silver and the furnace is for gold and the lord tests hearts 
And that's, that's part of the individual pruning that all of us have been going through for the last year because there's been an, a huge amount of that, I know. And as, as the Lord has been pruning our, our body, he's been pruning the branches too, <laughs> pruning what's, what's in the branches and preparing all of us for greater fruitfulness. And I don't even feel like I really need to share this, this other one, Proverbs 17.22, because we, we have passed that. But I'm going to share it anyway. Uh, a joyful heart is good medicine. And this, this reminds me of some things that uh, Mark Crawford said to us about we need to rejoice in the days ahead. We, and and that we still need to continue to rejoice and be thankful to the Lord for, for what he is doing, even though we don't know the end yet. And, and see, that, that is, is a word that the Lord gave to me, and I, I think most of you have heard this, but it's, it's for all of us, that as I was packing up my office, uh, from the building on 4th Street. And I, I mean, I had put it off about as long as I could. And I, I finally, it, it had to be done. And I was just like, Lord, we really have to move again. <laughs> uh, and And he just, it was like the internal audible voice of God, he said, you've not yet seen the end of this. And in, in my spirit, I just, I knew there's good. <laughs> when, I, when I see the end of this, I'm, I'm going to be so thankful and, and grateful for everything that we went through. And so... What, what I wanted to share with you tonight uh, were, were the two solemn assembly examples from Second Chronicles that the Lord used to speak to me back a, a little over a year ago that just because you obey me and you humble yourselves and, and you repent and you you do the solemn assembly. Don't don't think that everything is is going to be just wonderful after that. And so the first one was Hezekiah, and it the whole story uh, is Second Chronicles twenty nine to thirty two. So I'm I'm not going to read the whole. <laughs> uh, Three chapters or four chapters, sorry, 29, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to just pick out some key passages that show you what happened, uh, what, what they did for the solemn assembly, 
what happened right after and, and the end that was such a blessing to them. So I'm going to begin in chapter 30, verse 6. And this is Hezekiah's call to the nation of Judah for a solemn assembly. So couriers went throughout all Israel and Judah with letters from the king and his princes. And the king had commanded, saying, O people of Israel, return to the Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, that he may turn again to the remnant of you who have escaped from the hand of the kings of Assyria. Do not be like your fathers and your brothers who were faithless to the Lord, the God of their fathers, so that he made them a desolation, as you see. Do not now be stiff-necked as your fathers were, but yield yourselves to the Lord and come to his sanctuary, which he has consecrated forever. And serve the Lord your God, that his fierce anger may turn away from you. For if you return to the Lord, your brothers and your children will find compassion with their captors and return to this land. For the Lord your God is gracious and merciful and will not turn away his face from you if you return to him. And for us, the key in remaining in this process is John 15. Abide in me, and I in you. And by abiding, we will bear much fruit. So that was the call. They didn't do everything perfectly, okay? And neither do we have to do everything perfectly. But our hearts have to be right before the Lord. And that was the key in, in this passage. So we're going to jump ahead to uh, chapter 30, verse 12. The hand of God was also on Judah to give them one heart to do what the king and the princes commanded by the word of the Lord. So there was unity there. Then we're going to jump forward to Second Chronicles 30, verse 18. For a majority of the people, many of them from Ephraim, Manasseh, Issachar, and Zebulun, had not cleansed themselves ceremonially, yet they ate the Passover otherwise than as prescribed for I, for Hezekiah had prayed for them saying may the good lord pardon everyone who sets his heart to seek god the lord the god of his fathers even though not according to the sanctuary's rules for cleanness and the lord heard hezekiah and had mercy and healed the people and I pray this for us. See, I've told you these stories, but I haven't actually read them from the Word. And there's an impartation of, of faith and hope that is happening right now. 
if, if you just receive it. And I'm just praying that the Lord will bring us into one heart and one mind to remain in our abiding with the Lord, individually and, and together. So they, they repented before the Lord. They celebrated the Passover in an extended way, and they didn't even do it at the right time of the year. But the Lord had mercy on them because their hearts were turning to the Lord together as, as a people. And they destroyed the idols in Judah in jumping on to Second Chronicles 31, 1. Now when all this was finished, they, they had finished the um, solemn assembly, all Israel who were present went out to the cities of Judah and broke in pieces the pillars and cut down the ashram, the Asherah poles, and broke down the high places and the altars throughout all Judah and Benjamin and in Ephraim and Manasseh until they had destroyed them all. Then all the people of Israel returned to their cities, every man to his possession. And then we'll jump forward to uh, verse 20 in chapter 31. Thus Hezekiah did throughout all Judah, and he did what was good and right and faithful before the Lord his God. And every work that he undertook in the service of the house of God and in accordance with the law and the commandments, seeking his God, he did with all his heart and prospered. And, and, and this, this, is, this is where I had a real hard time uh, when I was reading this story, because I just, I mean, that's how chapter 31 ends. And then chapter 32, verse 1, after these things and these acts of faithfulness, Sennacherib, the king of Assyria, came and invaded Judah and encamped against the fortified cities thinking to win them for himself. And I, I know Hezekiah had to be thinking, what gives? I mean, you, you just read that, that I did everything with my whole heart and I, I followed the Lord and it was, it was the right thing. And, and then the king of Assyria comes. And, and he lays siege to uh, Lachish. And, and then he lays siege to Jerusalem. And, and, and then, I, I mean, it, it, gets, it gets worse. If, if you think it could get worse. Because then the Assyrian king, I mean, he starts to go after Hezekiah. And, and he, he starts to undermine the support of Hezekiah among all the people of Jerusalem and all the people of Judah. As he sends these messengers to the cities and specifically to Jerusalem to, and, and I'll, I'll just, we'll read it. Uh, 
Chapter 32, we jump down to verse 9. After this, Sennacherib, king of Assyria, who was besieging Lachish with all his forces, sent his servants to Jerusalem, to Hezekiah, king of Judah, and to all the people of Judah who were in Jerusalem, saying, Thus says the king of Assyria, On, on what are you trusting? that you endure the siege in Jerusalem. Is not Hezekiah misleading you, that he may give you over to die by famine and by thirst, when he tells you the Lord our God will deliver us from the hand of the king of Assyria? Has not this same Hezekiah taken away his high places and his altars and commanded Judah and Jerusalem, before one altar you shall worship, and on it you shall burn your sacrifices? So he's, he's attacking the, the main thing that Hezekiah did. Returning their worship to the one God. And Sennacherib tries to bring into question the removal of all these idols that, where all these people had been worshiping many of them all their lives. They grew up worshiping these idols in addition to the Lord uh, and, and probably had some trust in idols. Has the Lord been removing any idols in any of us over the last year? Yeah. <laughs> so... And, and, and then there's more. I mean, I'll, we'll skip down to verse 16. And his servants said still more against the Lord God and against his servant Hezekiah. And he wrote letters to cast contempt on the Lord, the God of Israel, and to speak against him, saying, like the gods of the nations and of the lands who have not delivered their people from my hands, so the God of Hezekiah will not deliver his people from my hand. Because, I mean, these guys had a reputation, the Assyrians. They, they were nobody to mess around with. And they shouted it with a loud voice in the language of Judah to the people of Jerusalem. I mean, just if they had a PA systems back then, you could just imagine. <laughs> They're blasting it all, all the time. But all, all they had was probably, I don't know what they had. Uh, but anyway, they're they're just they're they're trying to get the people to turn back, yeah. and that's the thing. At a solemn assembly, we commit to the Lord all these things, and the enemy he wants to take that ground back, and that's what he's trying to do. And they spoke of the God of Jerusalem as they spoke of the gods of the peoples of the earth, which are the work of men's hands. Ooh, I wouldn't want to be these guys. Because <laughs> you, you just, I, I mean, when you, when you read chapter 31, or let's see, chapter 32, you, uh, you just got to know there, there's got to be a turnaround coming. Yeah. 
There's, <laughs> there's, there's a suddenly of God that, that is, is going to make this right. Because our God is the God of justice. <laughs> and for his people, he, he's going to do justice. For those who have served him with their whole heart, there, there's going to be justice. There, there may be suffering. There may be enduring wrong. And there is right here. It's, it's happening. I'm sure there's people dying in Judah right now under this siege of Jerusalem and Lachish. And uh, there's already the people they had taken captive. But then, <laughs> Moving on to verse 20. The Lord saves Judah and Hezekiah. Then Hezekiah, the king, and Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amoz, prayed because of this, and cried to heaven. Have you ever prayed more than in the last year? I haven't. This is the good part, man. <laughs> and and this, this is like one of the best endings in the whole Old Testament right here. And the Lord sent an angel who cut off all the mighty warriors and commanders and officers in the camp of the king of Assyria. So he returned with shame of face to his own land. And it gets better. And when he came into the house of his God, little g, God, some of his own sons struck him down there with the sword. So the Lord saved Hezekiah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem from the hand of Sennacherib, king of Assyria, and from the hand of all his enemies. And he provided for them on every side. And that's the end of that story. <laughs> I can get through the one about Jehoshaphat quickly. Because <laughs> it's a good one too. 
This is, uh, wait a minute here. Okay, yeah, pretty quickly. This is found in Second Chronicles 19 and 20. King Jehoshaphat returns the people to the Lord again as a solemn assembly and the, the people turn. And we'll, we'll pick up in chapter 20, verse 15. And he said, Listen, all Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat, Thus says the Lord to you. Oh, I, I only have the end of the story here. <laughs> so I got to give you a little bit more. Okay. So after the solemn assembly and the turning of the people to the Lord, the people of Ammon, the people of Moab, and, and the Assyrians all come together against Judah. All their major enemies decide, hey, let's... <laughs> they, they tore down the idols again. <laughs> and they said, hey, let's, let's get them now. Because presumably they're, they're spiritually weak now. Because all, all they have is their own God. They... They're not worshiping our gods anymore. So this is the message to Jehoshaphat about how this one is going to end. Thus says the Lord to you, Do not be afraid and do not be dismayed at this great horde. Because <laughs> it was a horde. It was all of their enemies arrayed together against them. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Yes. Tomorrow, go down against them. Behold, they will come up by the ascent of Ziz. You will find them at the end of the valley east of the wilderness of Jeruel. You will not need to fight this battle. I like that. Stand firm, hold your position, and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf, yes. O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid and do not be dismayed. Cheyenne Vineyard, I say, do not be afraid and do not be dismayed. Yes. The Lord is on your behalf. Tomorrow go out against them, and the Lord will be with you. Then Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell down before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. And the Levites, the Kohathites, the Korahites stood up to praise the Lord. with a very loud voice. <laughs> and they and they they rose early in the morning and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And when they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, 
Hear me, Judah, and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you will be established. Believe his prophets, and you will succeed. And when he had taken counsel with the people, he appointed those who were to sing to the Lord and praise him in holy attire as they went before the army. (laughs) And they were to say, Give thanks to the Lord. His steadfast love endures forever. (laughs) And when they began to sing and praise the Lord, or... When they began to sing and praise, the Lord set an ambush against the men of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who were the Assyrians, who had come against Judah, so that they were routed. For the men of Ammon and Moab rose against the inhabitants of Mount Seir, devoting them to destruction. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, they all helped to destroy one another. (laughs) Don't you love it? (laughs) And the fear of God came on all the kingdoms of the countries when they heard that the Lord had fought against the enemies of Israel. So the realm of Jehoshaphat was quiet. For his God gave him rest all around. Hmm. So are we right to trust that God will bless us for obeying his call, his invitation to a solemn assembly? You better believe we are. When things were at their darkest for Jehoshaphat and Hezekiah, the salvation of the Lord was near was very near. Isn't that awesome? (laughs) I think it is. Uh, Cheyenne Vineyard, you have not seen the end of this. And when we do, there will be some praising going on. (laughs) Some loud singing. I think. (laughs) Father, I thank you for your goodness. I pray that you would give us wisdom as your people to appreciate what you can do in difficulty. You seem to do your best work in those kind of times. And Lord, I I thank you for the promise of a good end. I thank you for the promise that we haven't yet seen the end of this. 
But when we do, we'll be smiling. So Lord, help us to be faithful to abide in you. To remain in the process. To remain faithful. To keep saying yes to you. And Lord, thank you for the pruning. Lord, we love the people who are not here anymore. We bless them. We ask for greater fruitful days ahead for them. And Lord, give us grace and strength to endure. To not be afraid to walk and to walk in faith before you. In Jesus' name. You know, Joy learned how to prune tomato plants not too many years ago. I remember the first time you showed me those pruned plants. <laughs> And I thought, uh, are they supposed to look like that? <laughs> but she gets so many more tomatoes now than she used to. I mean, it's, it's amazing. And, you know, I, I looked at the, the pruning of grapevines and, and the pruning of apple trees and if, if they've been neglected for a period of time, when they're done pruning them, you, you wonder if they're even going to survive. But greater fruitfulness is ahead. And that's what I say to us, Cheyenne Vineyard. Greater fruitfulness is ahead. I don't know exactly what God is forming us into, but He is forming us into something new. And there's, there's a greater unity. There's a, a greater recognition of our dependence on God. There's, there's a, a looking to Him as our only hope. And... Those, those are some of the most valuable things that we could have. So be encouraged, be of good cheer. <laughs> the Lord our God is on our side. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> uh, if you need prayer for anything tonight, get prayer. We'll have some people over here along the side. Um, <clears throat> what? Oh, yes. Sorry. We're not quite done yet. Who wants to pass these out? <laughs> um, if, if we can have one person here, one person here, and one person there. 
Is, yeah, we're going to do this together tonight. Great. So what do you say we have a carry-in dinner before the service next week? We have plenty of tables over here, plenty of room. Yeah? We can have like a Corinthian love feast without the alcoholic wine. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, bring a bring a main dish and a salad or a dessert to share and we'll eat together and then we'll so probably five o'clock and then service at six. Yes. Okay. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> so I, I thought after this message tonight it would be nice if we did the Lord's Supper together So we'll share this together tonight as people in covenant together with the Lord and in covenant together with, with each other to, to be the body together. Because none of us are the body alone. God moves us from independence before we know him to dependence, when we realize our need for him, to interdependence, when we recognize our need for one another. So, let's share this together. Jesus, we thank you for your body that was broken for us. We thank you by your stripes we are healed. 
We thank you that no one took your life from you. You gave it willingly. So we receive all the benefits of your body as your body together. Thank you. Take and eat. Jesus, our great high priest, who always lives to intercede for us. We thank you for that. We thank you for your blood that cleanses us. We thank you for the access that we have to the throne by your blood. So we thank you and we remember as your body together take and drink. Father, thank you for what you're doing. We give you access to to prune us individually and as a body to accomplish the purposes that you have for us. We bless you and we believe you We believe your goodness. Bless us now as as we go. Give us opportunities to bring your kingdom in interesting places this week. For the glory of your Son. Amen.